All right, 8.4, the spread of communism after 1900. Let's talk about how communism and land reform affect China and other countries. The China stuff is the main thing I need you to focus on, but be aware of the land reform. Uh, the Cold War provided the context in which many countries wrestled with the legacies of their past. The combined heritage of feudalism, capitalism, and colonialism often resulted in societies with a small class of powerful landowners and a large class of peasants who own little to no land. When socialists or communists sought to make more people into landowners, they got caught up in the U.S.-Soviet ideological battle. Land reform was a vital issue in China, Iran, Vietnam, Ethiopia, India, and a number of Latin American countries, including Mexico, Bolivia, and Venezuela. All right. Let's talk about communism in China. In China, the communists and the nationalists began fighting for control of the country in 1927. However, the Japanese, after the Japanese invaded, the two sides agreed to focus on fighting them instead of each other. And that goes back to topic 7-5. So let's pick up where World War II ends. Victory by the communists. After the defeat of Japan in 1945, the Chinese Civil War resumed. The communists, led by Mao Zedong, won popular support because they redistributed land to the peasants, opened schools and hospitals, and punished soldiers who mistreated civilians. Peasants saw the communists as more nationalist and less corrupt than the nationalists. In 1949, the communists defeated the nationalists and set up the People's Republic of China. Mao ordered the nationalization or control by the government of Chinese industries, and of course created five-year plans based on the Soviet model. Like the Soviets, the Chinese plans emphasized rapid industrialization. The Great Leap Forward. In 1958, China went through more land reform as part of a policy called the Great Leap Forward. Peasant lands were organized into communes, which are large agricultural communities where the state held the land, not private owners. Those who protested the policy could be sent to re-education camps or they would be killed. Even though failing harvests caused, caused severe food shortages, China continued to export grain to Africa and Cuba because Mao sought to convince the outside world of the success of his economic plans. Some 20 million Chinese, most people think even more than that, died from starvation. By 1960, the Great Leap Forward was abandoned, and you can imagine his popularity was not very high. So now we're to the Cultural Revolution. In 1976, Mao attempted to reinvigorate China's commitment to communism in an effort called the Cultural Revolution. In practice, the Cultural Revolution silenced critics of Mao and solidified his hold on power. Its impact on China was similar to the impact of China's, or excuse me, of Stalin's purges in the Soviet Union. Mao ordered the Red Guards, groups of revolutionary students, to seize government officials, teachers, and others, and then send them to the countryside for, again, re-education. Re-education involved performing hard physical labor and attending group meetings where Red Guards pressured them to admit they had not been revolutionary enough. Finally, relations with the Soviets. Although China and the Soviet Union were both communist states, they often were hostile to each other. From 1961 onward, the two countries battled over a shared border, and they also competed for influence around the world. So in other words, they're frenemies. Let's talk about land reform. In Vietnam, during World War II, Japan occupied Vietnam, which France still claimed as a colony. At the end of the war in 1945, Vietnam declared independence from uh, the Japanese and, the, and French control. Vietnam was an agricultural society. A few people controlled most of the land. Communists vowed to seize land from the large landowners and redistribute it among the peasants. This pledge won them great support among the peasants. When communists took power in the north, they carried out their policies, sometimes violently. In South Vietnam, the government was slow to implement land reforms. 
which was one reason it remained unpopular. Uh, the government remained unpopular. Uh, next, Ethiopia. Other than a short period from 1936 to 1941, when it was under Italian occupation, remember when Mussolini invaded, Ethiopia had remained an independent country, but it suffered problems similar to those of many colonies. During World War II, exiled Ethiopian leader Haile Selassie returned to power. He aligned the country with the Western powers after the war, you know, democracies, and Ethiopia enjoyed economic success based largely on its coffee trade. This led to Western-style political and cultural reforms. Selassie was unable to effectively implement land reforms in Ethiopia. By the 1960s, the country was souring on his leadership, and many people saw him as a pawn of U.S. imperialism. In 1974, a group of military and civilian leaders deposed Selassie. One of the primary figures was a person named Mengistu Haile Mariam, an Ethiopian native and major in the military. He ordered the assassination of 60 former regime officials. The new government declared itself socialist, which is a form of communism, and received aid and weapons from, of course, the Soviet Union and other communist countries. Famine failed economic policies, and rebellion marred um, Mengistu's leadership. By 1991, he had resigned and fled to Zimbabwe. And finally, India. Southern Asia had been under British rule since 1858. That, that changed in 1947. Mahatma Gandhi had led the independence movement against England since the 1920s, but it wasn't until after World War II that India became independent. India was partitioned or divided in 1947, created two, creating two countries, Pakistan and India. Pakistan was overwhelmingly Muslim and India was largely Hindu. Both countries struck, struggled to establish their new leadership and economies. India undertook economic reforms. It instituted land reforms and tried to redistribute some of the lands to the landless, abolish the overwhelming power of rent collectors and protect land renters and promote cooperative farming. The results were mixed. However, in Kerala, one of the regions, a series of policies had some success, including um, the four that are listed there. Okay, that's it. Obviously, focus a lot on um, China with the land reforms. Just kind of understand that people try to redistribute redistribute lands um, to people who are poor, uh, and at least have one or two examples of that happening.